Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geeksplain Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my fellow caped crusaders, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Grant Morrison's Batman. And I am joined by the only two men who I would trust to bring with me on a cross-the-seas journey to fight some bat-themed ninjas... First off, he's the man who tells me I need to get out more. It's Jacob Brown. Hello, sir. You need to definitely try to not use that growl in your voice. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's just, it's, it's, I'm, I'm getting too used to it. <laughs> and he's the illegitimate son that I never knew I had. It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Mm, father, I thought you'd be smaller hurtful i'm only five five malcolm i didn't want to say i thought you'd be taller because that would be offensive because you're, you're a short king so you make him smaller so that way you're taller i i thought that would be there's the right no move there's no winning this malcolm. there's no winning you set me up for failure you canceled damn it damn it <laughs> But yes, we are tackling uh, our second chapter of the Grant Morrison Batman saga. This time, we are talking about part one of Batman and Son, the introductory uh, chapter to Grant Morrison's long Batman run, starting in issue of Batman 655, and we're going to go four issues ahead to 658. Gentlemen, this was uh, this was a rush i have never read this before jacob has never read this before malcolm has read this before hell yeah and this was the first time in a while that uh we got uh text throughout the week of jacob just being this is absolutely my shit i love this so much and if you were uh <laughs> if you were privy to the last season near the end there that was a very rare occurrence for jacob so i am very excited to talk about this uh, how did you guys feel about diving into Grant's uh, introductory chapter in their uh, their long Batman run? They're killing it. <laughs> That's all I got to say. They're killing it. Yeah, They're killing it. Me. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was I was impressed that like you know this didn't um, this wasn't going to be like what we just we read in the last uh, episode with which was just going to be a fever dream of acid uh, acid trip here and. Um, this was cool. To, I I really dig this uh, this artwork. This artwork is really good. This is um this is reminding me like a more modern version Andy. of uh, of uh, of Neil Adams, you know, run of uh, Batman with the the blue cowl. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. That's definitely that, that is that, exactly it. Kind of Andy Kubert fucking rules. Yeah. Fucking rules. It's yeah. my favorite Kubert. Uh, yeah, really solid stuff. Um, I was. Like you said, I was blown away by the Kubert, Kubert art. I've always enjoyed both Adam and Andy Kubert's stuff, but it yeah. feels like Andy specifically was firing on all cylinders for this. Yeah. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and dive into this. The first thing, because I am reading from the Grand Batman by Grant Morrison Omnibus Volume 1. Mm. Uh, mm. Big boy. Big Thick yeah. Boy is this uh, mm. omnibus. It's so fine. 
Damn! Oh, it is. My omnibus doesn't start right away with Batman number 655. It has some supplemental material from the book 52, which... Oh, is, really? Yes, which takes place yeah. during the year between inf- in uh, Infinite Crisis and the one year later. I was so, going to mention that stuff, so that's really cool yeah. that it has that. Awesome. Yeah. So it has two short stories from within that 52 series, Dark Knight Down and Revelations from 52 number 30 and number 47, respectively. Hell yeah. So in the first chapter, I'm just going to briefly touch upon this. Please. And what I love about this as well is that the... Oh, it's so cool. Uh, Grant doesn't start this... If you read this omnibus... Grant doesn't start using the voice of Bruce Wayne right away. They start yeah. through the voice of Dick Grayson, which mm-hmm. I think is an incredible choice. And, and it's telling. Foreshadowing. It's very telling, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Because they basically have uh, Dick recounting some of the worst moments of Bruce's life as he, Tim, and Bruce are on their global trek during the year after uh infinite crisis to try and refine their mojo essentially and when they end up finding bruce he is in a desert surrounded by the ten-eyed cult which is just all kinds of like weird like jacob you said like oh i'm so glad we didn't have any you know arkham asylum weirdness we absolutely do have grant morrison arkham asylum weirdness hell yeah ten-eyed cult rules baby (laughs) and so we jump over to week 47 where uh tim is waiting for bruce to essentially come out of the cave um where he has been recovering he does which brings us to issue 655 here we go so things start off again in very Grant Morrison fever dream where Jim Gordon has been dropped off a roof to be caught by a police little y'all remember playing that game with the big rainbow tapestry when you're in preschool where you'd get the big rainbow blanket and you flick it upwards in a circle and you'd all get under it and you'd yep. have like a little tent of rainbow yep. fabric around you. Yeah. Essentially that, but make it oppressive and that's what the police are doing here for jim gordon who has been poisoned by the joker and then you get this just incredible double page splash of joker having killed batman uh-huh. wild uh-huh. absolutely wild yeah. i thought this was a dream sequence especially because we got the joker copter looming overhead yeah. with a bunch of kids just strapped to it that's so good <laughs> it's so good it's so good God. it's really good this page rules <laughs> and i find it really interesting that this is also it's very silver age uh-huh. in that ridiculousness yeah. that comes into play very heavily in this run okay yeah, yeah. that is that is very much a thing with this run i they they definitely want you to have that feel for the entire run. Uh, everything is continuity. Remember that. Oh, everything nice. matters. Everything happened. So everything cool. always. So, as Joker's looming over who seemingly we think is Batman, all of a sudden, Batman reaches into his utility belt, pulls out a Glock, and goes Arn Anderson on this man and shoots him in the head. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> 
right as right as Batman pops up in the one. air. Yeah. Which is Holy sick. Holy shit. That is it's cinematic cool. as hell. That's the thing. Yeah. This whole this whole volume is so cinematic. It plays out like storyboards. Yeah. Yeah. And so the next page we get this beautiful uh very Arkham City-esque moment with uh them stating the title card Batman and Son I'm glad part you said one, that. building a better Batmobile. It is though, right? Like this immediately it is. the first thing I think of is Arkham City, which is yeah. really yeah. really cool. It, the only thing that would make it better is if he did what he did in the game and here where he just threw him in the trash in a dumpster <laughs> and just leave. Well, he does. I know. He oh, does throw him in the dumpster. Oh, saying, oh, oh. Game, if he did it in the game, that'd be sick. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. I don't know if you guys can tell because you have the uh you have the the title card stuff, like all the credits and art and stuff. Yeah. Uh but can you mm-hmm. see what's the tagging on the walls? Oh, all over the place. Got yeah. Zer and R. Remember that. Very interesting. Remember very, that. Very interesting. Send up right from the first mm-hmm. issue. And so we okay. see in that classic first Joker story, no, he's still alive, referring to the Joker, who even after getting shot in the face, mm-hmm. still lives. Yeah. He cannot mm-hmm. kill Nope. Still lives. Batman chucks Joker into the dumpster and loads Gordon into the ambulance. And we get, I think it's the next day, we get a look at something that we don't often see, which is the aftermath of Joker poisoning. Yeah. Where Gordon is still like, he's still continent. He's still conscious of everything. He hasn't lost his mind, but he can't stop laughing. And so he's Mm -hmm. trying to get his dialogue out while also fighting against all of his impulses to laugh or to make light of things. And it's immediately, as we talked about last week, Grant has such a great handle on their view of Jim and Batman's relationship. Yes. It's really, really cool to see. They're friends. They're friends. They're yeah. fucking friends. <laughs> I just wish Grant would have uh, Jim Gordon call him man more. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Not like this, man. <laughs> that's that's the single uh, greatest contribution that Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey, what's his name, has given to. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright has given to right. Detective Gordon. <laughs> That's awesome. the single greatest contribution is man. Come, that, on, man. That relationship. Come on, come on, man. These people are trying. This, trying. These people are trying to do the best. Not like, not like this. I man. also love. See, oh, come on, like, uh, man. The, the effects of like the Joker toxin also affecting the way his face is kind of half in a smile, and the rest of him is somewhat normal. Is actually kind yeah. of neat too. That was kind of cool about yeah. the effects after effects of Joker toxin. Yeah, yeah, I really, really creepy. Really, it's a great, yeah. like, great shout by Andy Kubert to make that immediately, uh, immediately noticeable too. Yeah. Also, Andy Kubert yeah. draws a hell of a bushy mustache. Andy Kubert yeah, draws a hell of a bushy mustache. My yeah, God, good stuff. Mm. I miss Andy Kubert's art looking like this. Uh, maybe like. Oh Jesus! It was like six or seven years ago now that he did like the Dark Knight three thing, and his arts kind oh, of yeah. look like Frank Miller's stuff since. Like he's kind of yeah. just been in Frank Miller mode since, and it really bums me out because I miss his art looking like this. Oh, okay. It's so good and it's so yeah. clean, and 
you know, the it looks so 3D and I I, I just I love it. I this, love it. You know, he kind of has like so, a, a more sketchy version of um, Jim Lee's artwork a little bit. The way he draws Batman, you know, that's got to kind of noticed. Yeah, yeah, it's it is very Lee-esque, um, but I yeah. think better. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I noted think really Jim Lee hater Malcolm Russell Nelson. I'm not a hater. I think Jim Lee's like, you know, Hush era is like his best he's, stuff. He's not a hater, but every time he comes up, he's like. No, that guy sucks. Listen, I just think that maybe not everything needs a speed line. Maybe not everything needs a tech line. That's all. I think his 2010s era is really bad. That's all. Well, then, well then, Malcolm, you're going to finally have your chance to say because we have him on the air next week. Oh, oh no. He's actually in your room. Come on out, Jim. Jim. Uh, so we cut to a day in the life of Batman where Bruce I love this. is uh, going through his normal routine. Really nice. It's 3 p.m. He wakes up. 5 p.m. He's in the gym. 7 p.m. Gets dinner or breakfast. Who knows? Uh, 9 p.m. He's in the cave. And I kind of love this very minimalist cave. This isn't. A, it's a my favorite cave. Used to. I yeah. love this. We're used to like rows and rows of stuff right there's all kinds of memorabilia there's all kinds of like costume display cases this is very pared down this is more like the cave in like the nolan movies where there's like four things (laughs) (laughs) there's just like four things going on it's really nice (laughs) and so we see uh we see that the the relationship between Bruce and Alfred is also really, really well done here. I really love their voice for Alfred. And yeah. they're immediately placing this this focus on the fact that Bruce is starting to lose himself in Batman again. He does this from time to time. We see this all the time. Uh, it's the classic story of, like, who is the man? Who is the face? Who is the mask? Like, all of this, you know... All, all of this uh, back and forth that he constantly goes through. Which I, I think it's already been mentioned, but since since they came back from their trip, uh, Batman and Robin and Nightwing, uh, Batman is super cracked down on crime. Yes. Uh, he's yes. pretty much eliminated. He's he's uh, enacted the Dent Act and has made crime illegal. <laughs> in Gotham City. <Yeah. laughs> uh, <laughs> but any means necessary. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the they've eliminated like all the super criminals. Like they're all locked up. Like Gotham is truly safe. That, that's a great now. shout because Grant decides to start the story at the end. Yes. Yes, yeah. it's such a fucking five D chess great Which, person to do. Yes, yeah. it is. Because <laughs> a lot of people would be like, "Oh, I want to see that story," and I'm like, "No, nah, I want to see this story. This is way better." Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> who fucking cares? You know, turning the hero's journey on its head, where it's like, "Okay, you have accomplished your main goal. Batman was created as this force to stop crime. It is an endless war. We always hear about it. Oh, you know, I." I continue to fight until the war is done, but I know the war will never be done. And it's done. That was really good. So what do we do now? And uh, thank you. Seriously, and, again, that was really good. Like I'm telling you, I just need to get like weirdly sick, and all of a sudden I can do Batman voice. Jesus. <laughs> so, Jesus. Um, Drudge Baker over up. here. 
I am the knight. <laughs> but we, we, I am the knight. So we see the introduction of uh, Jacob's favorite character and, I mean. Best Robin. Clearly the best Robin. Tim Drake. My boy. Arguably boy. his best costume. The best, the best costume. This is actually <laughs> a really cool costume. I was really I like impressed. Costume. Like, I like his current costume. I like his current costume more, but this was kind of neat. Just like, oh, look, there's no like green or what? Um, what is he normally? Yeah, that, yep. that he normally has, right? Yeah, yeah. The there's no black. green in it, so it's yeah. the, red and the black. Connor Kent tribute costume. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but this is, but this is also exactly what Batman's partner should be wearing. He's got scallops now. Yeah, he's got scallops. Scallops on the on the cape. He's got the gauntlets it's it's great it's very cute and so we see tim going off to uh to do tim things and we get this quick little shot at a in construction batmobile and i fucking loved this i was gonna say <laughs> this is what this ends yeah up yeah and the fact that that's a running theme through this run yes oh my god i love yes this specifically the it's not done yet like She's not done. I'm working on it. I it's had cooking. like the image it's of cooking. Like, cook. the yeah. Batman muscle car underneath that for like a good while where I was just yeah. really excited. I I have no idea what's going to happen, by the way, after all this. I, I have no clue what's you to come You know this. this Batmobile, Jacob. It's the tank, Jacob, that's it? the thing. You do know this Batmobile. Well, we're going to get into it. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it later. And so we cut to a woman who has been tied up and is uh, being threatened by who else? I think we know, uh, but well, I know those woman. lips anywhere. Oh, don't we? Don't we just? <laughs> mm. um, but we do know that this woman is the wife of Kirk Langstrom. Francine! Francine yeah, Langstrom! Francine. We do not see nearly enough. No. And Francine is being held uh, captive for reasons unknown at this time. We cut to London. Where Bruce and Alfred are in the midst of trying to rehabilitate his Bruce Wayne Playboy image, which I love. I love yes. that he has to relearn how to be Playboy Bruce. It's kind I of love awesome. that shit. <laughs> no. And we encounter who else but Kirk Langstrom. Hey, and this is exactly who I how I picture Kirk Langstrom. Yeah, he's from like the eighteen hundreds Victorian London. <laughs> that, yes, that he's that he's Rick Moranis. <laughs> he's Victorian Rick Moranis. Hey, slash, there, like David hey, Tennant. Hey, yeah, Rain. slash David uh, Tennant. I'm the yeah. Are <laughs> you the key master, <laughs> Mr. Wayne? Hey, hey. Who brought the dog? Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this, uh, yes, yes. My wife and I are both very active in the. Uh, the uh whole charity thing. Whole charity thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> hey, who brought the dog? <laughs> and so Kirk runs off. And I love this conversation between Alfred and Bruce because they were here just to do Playboy Bruce stuff. Yep. They're in the elevator. And Alfred is just like, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. There's probably nothing going on. Like, it's probably fine. And then there's this awkward silence. And then Bruce just goes, there goes my vacation. 
because he he's immediately back in work mode. <laughs> Bruce is so fun in this book. God, I miss fun Batman so much. Fun God Batman. damn it. Yeah, and that's yeah. And that's a good point to make, too, because fun Batman God. doesn't necessarily mean wacky Silver Age Batman. No, yeah, he's just yeah. a good fucking time guy. <laughs> he's just he's just like every man, like Spider-Man and Superman. You know, he just he's able to um, he's able to spring into action and do it like nothing. He doesn't need like yeah. man that's all moody and everything, you know, yeah. But also having those like Daniel Craig quips at the same time. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Mm, that's James Bond. He's moment. such a. Di- yep. There is a line in the next volume about him being cooler than James Bond that I think of all the time, <laughs> literally all the time. Awesome. And so we cut over to uh, Alfred trying to instruct Bruce on his uh, Playboy role, and I love it. I love this relationship. I really, really do. And Alfred even gives him like the 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 layup line. He's like, ah, oh, good evening, ladies. And then we just cut immediately to Action for Africa, which is a charity gala featuring uh, comic book pop art to uh, give money to Africa, as it states. And I love fucking Bruce popping in like he's Matt Murdock in the Wade. Uh, <laughs> it's like, arm spread. <laughs> I am Daredevil. Guess what? Life. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Daredevil. <laughs> and we see Bruce in prime playboy mode. They're like, you were on the moon? He's like, well, you know, I love to travel, Tamara. Like, I fucking, <laughs> ah. It's really good. This is what I'm really excited for for batman part two to see schmoozy robert pattinson being schmoozy (laughs) that's incredible this is what you get one bit of this in batman v superman colon dawn of justice i like your shoes i like the shoes it's the best part of that fucking movie because that's the bit where you're like right ben affleck is perfect to be batman yeah because he's super weird and kind of scary but at the same time he's such a good time guy in public like (laughs) particularly particularly looking forward to robert pattinson being the introvert that he established in that first movie being the extrovert now uh for to do all this this playboy stuff like that 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 particular Bruce was very introverted and very relative to me. And to see him be like, Hey, everybody would be <laughs> yeah. like, wow, that's weird. That's a one eighty. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah. But yeah, I, now, where I is love- my Butler with my cell phone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's the only one who knows how to work the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, He's an phone. idiot. I just get numbers. <laughs> And I love like he he comes back and he comes back to Alfred. And he's like, I deserve an Oscar. They love me. They love me. <laughs> <laughs> how am I doing? He's, by he's the like, way, how am I doing? And Alfred is still like lose the growl. He's like, come on. He's like like trying to coach him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a. Uh, He's Jeffrey Rush in like the the King's speech in the uh, with the yeah with Colin Firth trying to like get him. Yeah. Down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Rush would have been a really good Alfred. Oh yes. my God! Yeah, he would have been a really good Alfred. Really good Alfred. 
Imagine him to like Christian. Bale, uh, like honestly, Colin Firth would have been a really good Alfred too. Oh yeah, well, fuck, Colin Firth would be a really good Alfred. Shit, that's a good call. I mean, he basically is in a uh, Kingsman. King yeah, Kingsman. <laughs> Sorry, King, not the Kingsman, yeah, but you, you, man's you King. Say Kingsman, like Batman. Yeah, Kingsman, like Superman. Batman. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man. exactly. The it's Batman. The Batman. <laughs> Uh, we we should frame this in context of so this is coming out in 2006, yes. which is oh. right after the first Nolan Batman movie, right. uh, and this has a very good feel like Batman Begins. It's one of the things I love about Batman Begins and why because it's the Batman best Batman Begins movie. It's a perfect Batman movie because it's the best Batman movie. It's the best one. Mm-hmm. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree, which is fine yeah. because friends can disagree. Yeah. But- it's true. Friends can be wrong, and I'm glad that you know that about yourself. That's good. I'm glad that I know that about you. You're correct. So, speaking of watching things on big screens, uh, we see two (laughs) figures, two mysterious figures, watching this gala from a uh, from a high perch, and the maternal figure, the the woman, is asking the small diminutive figure, like, "Hey, see if you can pick him out." And this child looking figure immediately goes that's him that motherfucker that's my father <laughs> like that's my dad then again anybody could have done that because like he's talking to the butler too as well he would just like well obviously it's that guy you said he was like some sort of millionaire mm. right he's talking to the butler right there <laughs> but that's the thing she wouldn't because who is this that's talking? It's Talia Al Ghul. Talia Al Ghul, and this who would never goes, refer to him as a billionaire, well, only fair. as the detective. That's fair. The detective, or her beloved, or her beloved, oh, yeah. exactly. And so the small figure goes, "What are we going to do now, Mama?" And she, and Talia, <laughs> as she's revealed, says, "Now we shall say hello with the horde of bat of men bats." man bats fucking ninja man bats baby i did not realize i needed something so bad in my life it's the fucking coolest than a squad of ninja man bats same it's the coolest it's like the coolest thing i ninja man bats so scary that was that page turn was so scary turning this i was like oh okay awful and very creative good job (laughs) and so next chapter kicks off with the introduction to one problem. Oh one boy. Problem. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Indeed. Oh boy. I'm wow. sweating just thinking about it right now. Because we are introduced to Jezebel Jet. I have never seen a Bond girl be so Bond girl in a Batman comic in my entire <laughs> life. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. This this is, is fucking Journey Smollett walking into this room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Jezebel Jet is obviously another uh benefactor, uh, another socialite like Bruce. But she has been apparently waiting to meet Bruce for a while. And this starts one of my favorite visual gags in this volume. This issue does the best visual gag. Yeah. It's the use of the background pop art 
to accentuate the action that's happening in the main of the frame to take over doing any kind of automatopoeia or anything like yes. that yeah and yeah. it continues so throughout the entire issue genius. and it fucking it's rules brilliant. it's brilliant it's so good yeah. it is it is incredibly i i want to read the scripts for this issue because i'm yeah. so curious who who gets the credit for that but like was this a grant idea like did they come up with this or was this like an andy cooper like coming in and being like hey i'm gonna kind of do this thing with it like how does that work i'm it's so curious cool idea i've been wondering this for 15 yeah. years <laughs> and so uh bruce meets jezebel jets we've got uh jezebel kind of doing the uh the exposition teaching him about like the people about the events and really you can see there's instant chemistry the two of them immediately oh, yeah. are on the same page with each other and they are vibing hardcore. Yeah. And she says like, okay, I got to go. And Bruce goes, can I call you? And she goes, is, is this my chance to be a Wayne girl? I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love it. For, for the, for the bond girl to call out that she's a bond girl. Fucking yes. rules. Really <laughs> fucking <good>. rules. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, those young ladies are desperately trying to become part of it. Don't worry. I know where you live. Like what a fucking lie. <laughs> what a fucking lie. Like that's the moment where if I'm Bruce, I'm like, I am locked into this for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's like, okay, everybody else get out. <laughs> yeah, everyone leave. Get out. Now. It's her. <laughs> this, the Sandy Way Newton motherfucker over here. I'm, I'm going Ooh, for her. Alfred. Like, Alfred. It's her. Self out. Self out. Alfred. <laughs> Speaking of Alfred, he's sitting outside the car reading the latest Artemis Fowl novel. Which I love which- Really, really happy. At the time. Which is <laughs> at the time that was the latest one was the Eternity Code. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I think it's my favorite one. That that's that's the the third one. Correct? Yeah, yeah. That's when at the end, like the coin flip, and he catches it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, also, it. Artemis Fowl really telling because boy if there's anyone in the literacy world who has damien yeah. wayne energy oh, big damien energy <gasps> it's artemis heard it's the return of bde baby damien energy we're about to get there baby let's go for those of you who aren't aware if this is your first session or your first season of the geeks blame book club last time on geeks blame book club chen um, <laughs> in season one, I invented the term BDE. It had never been invented before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a world premiere term. BDE, world premiere. Big Damien Energy. Yep. It had never been said before. I trademarked it. It's great. It's true. We did not really have anyone in season two with Ultimate Spider-Man who had serious big Damien Energy. Yeah. But we're about to get some. Of, uh... We're about to get the biggest Damien Energy, dare I say. The the original <laughs> yes yeah. yes and so alfred's outside and i love the framing of this alfred's just sitting in the car oh, yeah. a van drives up next to him he just looks over and kirk and francie just get yeeted out of the back of the van <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like good lord, good lord. <laughs> book down it's so good so yeah. alfred goes to help them and then kirk is just like i gave them my man bats here i had to god forgive me and then we cut to inside where psh, glass shatters 
Ooh, great. <laughs> fucking and so awesome. All the fucking man, ninja man bats charge through the windows and start raining hell upon everyone. And again, there's a little visual gag of the comic art going, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so good. good. It's so good. And so uh, Alfred in a very uh, Iron Man 2 way throws Batman, throws Bruce the briefcase. Sick. Bruce suits up. Batman's on the scene and immediately like Batman wallops one of the man bats with the ouch in the background. I just, I fucking love this. And the, the caption, like the, the internal monologue is so good of like the man bats, ninja man bats, alarming twist. If there's one thing I hate, it's art with no content. And he I flies in yeah. right in front of that panel that says the city that never sleeps. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just so, <laughs> the writing is so good. And again, this is a fun yeah. Batman who's still deadly serious. Yeah. I fucking love it. I love it, dude. It rules. It rules. This is um, so. This is one of the few times where, like, my my Batman Eternal monologue switched from Kevin Conrad to uh, G- Diedrich Baker from from Batman Brave and the Bold. It actually switched to that because this has major Diedrich Bader so energy. The entire run yeah. has that, major Diedrich Bader energy, and that's the thing that I've always loved about Batman Brave and the Bold. Is that he is the most serious character in that entire show? Yeah, yeah. he takes everything so seriously, but no yeah. one else does, and that's the genius of that portrayal. Folks, exactly. there's a great clip going around on Twitter right now of the best cold open from that show, which is Batman saving Abraham Lincoln from yes. being assassinated, which I always forget yes. about until I see that clip, and it's the fucking greatest. <laughs> it is. So insane. <laughs> it's something you I would totally oh, see. This is so good. Like in like a Silver Age comic book. It's so good. I in a Silver Age comic. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Neil Adams wishes he would. Yes, he did. <laughs> Even Neil Adams was just like, fuck, I should have thought of that. That would have been great. And so uh Bruce you know, uses his grapple gun to nab one. Again, the blam from the art. I just, oh, this is the, so cool. just a little closer with yeah, the Mickey yeah. Mouse looking cat. But distinctly not Mickey Mouse. Legally, distinctly not Mickey Mouse. No, no, it's Crazy Mouse. It's Crazy Mouse. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's Mikey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, there you go. Yeah. Mike Mouse. Mike Mouse. Y'all know Mike Mouse. Mike Mouse. Classic DC Comics unique character. <laughs> America. <laughs> I love this. Like, uh, you get that introduced in the bigger panel. It's like just a little closer. And then you get the zoom on him using the grappler or pulling out the grappler and aiming it. And you get a zoom of just oh, a little just closer. Ah, and then that leads right into God. the blam of it shooting out. Like God, the sequencing school so, so hard. It's, it's so, so good. good. Like, yes. Holy shit. It also has probably my favorite reference of, of this entire, like this book. This I book. knew this you were going to hit on this. Thing. It's my favorite part of the Get entire it thing, and it hurts. It hurts so much. It, it, it's <laughs> he's grappling with the 
the man bats and he says 600 pounds of meat gristle and hide what does that remind me of and then it cuts to a scene with him and dick uh and aunt agatha saying happy thanksgiving Aunt big agatha. callback like a real big callback to like oh um, even boy. adam west batman like that is intense i could not yeah. love this book more for that <laughs> Everything is continuity. It was Everything so happened. Good. Everything like, happened. Oh my god! And so Batman successfully uh, disarms and defeats all of the Man Bat ninjas. However, more on the way, and I just fucking he goes. Looks like I nailed them all. After he fucking like nailed one to a sign, and then he goes, <laughs> "But don't count your bats." As more bats fucking come in, I'm like, "What the fuck?" Would so you? Good. Which you get when he says, the, looks like I nailed them all, you get the little panel of, look, up in the sky. sky. Yes. And then that's when he turns up in the sky and hears a scream of more of them coming in. It's God. perfect. It's a perfect yes. sequence. It's so, so fucking good, good dude. Th- this is my absolute shit. Like, I, ah, uh, hype as hell. Hype as hell. Wouldn't it be crazy if they opened the Batman part two with this sequence? Wouldn't that be crazy? Or like the the new Batman that they try to do? Here's the thing. After rereading this, if this is what the Brave and the Bold movie is. That's what I'm saying. If it's this, then that makes more sense. But because they said that it's Damien as Robin, I don't think it will be this. I think. But But this would be better. Yeah, do that. I think the movie is going to be introducing him and him becoming Robin by the end. Do this. And also, this is, unfortunately, the most James Gunn sequence you could see. I know it works better in comics than it will in film. But, like, this is absolutely know, some shit that he's going to try to do. This is some shit he's going to do. I'm excited for him to do it. Because I love his visual style. I know you don't, Malcolm. But yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm the one person on the planet who doesn't, but... This very much seems like the uh, the sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy with the whole like uh, breaking out of prison, you know, the the whole like uh, uh, yes, the, the, the disconnect 100%. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what this is. The fucking flying arrow thing. I think he's talking uh, about the first one. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That did happen. Yeah. I forgot about that. Both great sequences, though. <laughs> and so Bruce oh. hits the uh, hits the fire alarm. Lots of noise. The the man bat ninjas are confused he's able to get most of the civilians out and then just him fucking rocketing up into the sky lassoing one of the man bats into another into a net full of fucking balloons i just incoming this is comic (laughs) books man yeah i love the incoming like the incoming panel as they're all (laughs) flying in he tells the prime minister's wife, like, listen, I'm a friend. I'll hold him off. You run. Like, Batman yeah. rules. He's so good. He's, He's so really good. good. Batman rules. During all this as well, Batman has gotten his hands on a katana. Um, and so he is fighting against more hordes of man. There's just too many. There's too many for one man to tackle and defeat. Handle. And so he right. is ultimately overwhelmed and he blacks out. He wakes up in a cave, which I think is interesting. Uh, they, he sees that the <laughs> prime minister's wife has been captured. He's being held down by the ninja man bats. And then he sees Talia. And this is when we get a callback 
to Son of the Demon. Son of the Demon. What's that, Eric? (laughs) Son of the Demon. I'm so glad you asked, Malcolm. Son of the Demon was a storyline in which Batman basically battled with Ra's al Ghul because Ra's wanted him to be his heir. And so in a passionate night of lovemaking, which Batman kept the mask on, uh, <laughs> always, and Talia, always keep the mask on. He and Talia bore a son. This is also, I believe, one of the several times that it's referenced that Batman fought uh, Ray shirtless in the desert. Kept the mask on, though. This was the second or third time. Yeah. They always they always find their way into that desert shirtless. I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. That, Even, a Neil Adams original. We keep talking about Neil I Adams. Mean, a Neil Adams original. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Dennis O'Neill. Shit. Isn't it also Dennis O'Neill? Because uh, uh, like, he wrote yeah. that. Yeah, I was say it was Denny O'Neill and uh, and Neil Adams drew it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Love, uh, love me some Denny O'Neill Batman. Mm-hmm. And so that son was thought to be lost was thought to not have made it and then the canonicity of the story was unfortunately got really murky but now we know it happened just like everything happened and so talia is basically telling him look this happened and bruce gives an interesting recounting of this because this recontextualizes completely recontextualizes that whole story Uh uh-huh makes it not great makes Uh it not okay yep yeah because tali asked him to remember that and he goes i remember being drugged senseless and refusing to cooperate in some depraved eugenics experiment and it's implied that it was a non-consensual situation which is unfortunate in the grand yeah. scope of things and involving eugenics like that is uh yikes big yikes bros big yikes all around for big yikes bros Ew. and so very gross talia is basically like hey look i get it you're a little mad but <laughs> <laughs> look at this cool toy look at this cool toy i made and out steps this little boy this little boy who immediately places a katana at the throat of Batman and says the line, Father, I imagined you taller. And we are introduced to Damien Wayne. Big Damien energy from the get. Oh boy. And I don't know about you guys. I have always, in my head, heard Damien with a British accent. Maybe it's just because Batman the Animated Series always had Talia and Raish with a British accent. I have always read Damien, unlike very clearly American uh, Quentin Choir, Damien has always had a British accent in my mind. Uh, yeah, I he's the one who hasn't. Damien hasn't had a... I, everyone else has an accent, but I like to think that Damien was trained to not have an accent. That's very interesting. So I think he messes with his father more. Oh, that's a good shout. Ooh. I've always kind of felt it because it always like, especially with how he talks, that air of superiority, I think, is pushed through really well yeah. with an accent. Yeah. Father. But 
Yeah, and and every time he's adapted, he never has his an accent, and I'm just like, gosh, damn it! He's he's always <laughs> accentless. Oh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see now. You know when? Yeah, we will. I don't know. The new Freddie Highmore plays Damien Wayne. No, don't say that. The new Freddie Highmore. <laughs> you know, you know he's. You know they're gonna whitewash that character. They're gonna whitewash that character. I, don't, I know, but I don't want them to. Neither do I. Uh, <laughs> but they're going to. So they're going I will say to. though, James Gunn is very good about diverse casting. That's true. Yeah. He doesn't always cast great actors. But he does a great job at diverse casting. Yeah, but it's Robin, and Robin is white, so not always. Very rarely, yeah. in fact. Yes, I agree. But DC doesn't, and Warner Brothers doesn't. You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> so we oh, kick man. off chapter three with uh, Batman introducing Damien to the DCU, uh, blindfolded, like anyone would be. Uh-huh. He takes the blindfold off and he just goes, <laughs> this is my cave. Uh, this panel is iconic with Batman and Damien. Also yep. iconic, Damien's outfit. Yo, yeah. honestly? Fashion icon of the week. I like his- yeah. Fashion icon of the week for how it's bad a- this costume is. I kind of love it. I think it looks, yeah. it's, a, it's like a shitty uh, Animal Man costume. Oh, he looks oh, yeah, great as a member go. of the Royal Flush Gang. nice got him i like that this is like his little training costume i think it's cool (laughs) this is this is very much like you know how kirk in the 2009 star trek movie wears like just the black shirt and the black pants he doesn't like have the actual Uh, like starfleet uniform this is that (laughs) fair enough it's just completely just basic level. <laughs> and apparently also we get the the back of the shot that we got from earlier showing a very minimalist bat cave to show yeah. the rest of the fucking bat cave. Yeah, kind yeah. of a bummer. <laughs> like this is a beautiful page, but it's kind of a real fucking bummer, dude. Like <laughs> So chapter three, and I forgot to mention chapter two was entitled uh The Man Back of London. I like the giant penny. Oh, Man bats of London. Uh, yes, I, I agree, Jacob. I, I do like a multi-tiered uh, Batcave. You know what? Honestly, this Batcave reminds me of Gotham Knights. Yep. That Batcave yeah. is very yes, similar it does. to this. Yes, it also, does. Batman, Gotham Knights. Better game than you remember. Gotham Knights. Hey, Gotham Knights, um, a near-perfect game. Gotham Knights, probably like an 85%. Yeah, it's it's close enough that yeah, it's that's, that's one of the best games that came out last year. Y'all are just mean. Yeah. Um, Y'all just... So chapter three is entitled Wonder Boys, plural, which mm, is a just, great foreshadowing. Just like the movie. So Tobey Maguire shows up. Yeah. And oh, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no, I, th- I I thought that's Water Boys. Oh no 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 that's uh that's Adam Sandler. Oh you're right yeah you're right, you're right, you're right. there you go yeah. And so I love that Bruce is like, all right, look, your mother says you were trained by the masters of the League of Assassins. If you intend to stay with me, we'll put that training to good use in the fight against crime. And immediately, Damien just starts throwing hands on him. Fight crime? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm uh, almost inclined to give him a French accent for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I thought you already were. Immediately, the the BDE has filled the uh, has filled the room where oh, yeah. Damien yanks off the sheet covering the still in progress Batmobile, which again makes me so fucking happy, and it will as time goes on. Uh-huh. And again, Damien just starts throwing hands on him, trying to like punch him. And he shows he's got spiked gloves. Little shit. Yeah, he's a bitch. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. an eight-year-old running around with spiked gloves? Fight me, father! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite panel in this fight is, yeah, that's my favorite panel when he knees uh, Batman in the chest and says, Cho! And then Batman is like, ugh! Because that's my reaction to Frank Cho art. Anyway, um... <laughs> anyway, uh, one thing you can always count yeah. on is for Malcolm to come on here and throw random insults. On oh yeah, list. oh yeah, anytime. anytime. Oh yeah, a person who cannot draw, uh, throwing insults at anyone who can draw. Absolutely, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the moment when uh, Big Brother walks in. Tim Drake is like, "Oh hey, what the fuck's going on?" <laughs> hey, uh, that, that's that sitcom moment where it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. fan favorite young character comes in, exactly. and he has to pause for a minute so that everyone dies out the sound before he says his line. Yeah, yes. what did I miss? Yeah, and then <sighs> fucking David is like, it gets worse. <laughs> Tim's just a good old boy. He's just like. Hey, how's it going? My name's Tim. This is handout, and immediately, fucking David's like, "I'm not having this. I am. I am not. I'm not doing this." He goes upstairs, and Alfred follows him. And I love this. Alfred's like, "Allow me to show you to a temporary quarters, young sir." He just goes, "Fuck you." <laughs> And just Alfred going, ah, memory lane. <laughs> but I do love, love that this is this is very much a you're coming to visit me after staying with your mom for a week. Yeah. yeah. Where he just goes, Mother, let me do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the every other weekend that meet at the park to exchange the kids to like be Oh yeah, know, for like, sure. The other end. Yeah. It's oh, definitely yeah. that Reba McIntyre song that every other weekend. Ooh Nobody. It's it, that's I, what you get with professionally trained world famous gaslight actor Jacob Brown. <laughs> world famous gaslight actor Jacob Brown. Who might be My god. Famous, <laughs> who might be world famous writer actor Jacob Brown pretty soon. Ooh. Ooh. Whoa. Hey, yo. But, uh, I love the slide from Tim who's basically like I disappeared to the hills for a weekend and suddenly you have a son living with us. <laughs> yeah. It's again a very sitcom line. Yeah, this is all sitcom. <laughs> For context, this is right after uh, uh, Bruce has officially adopted Tim because oh. uh, Tim is now parentless. He is now an orphan. Yeah, this is post identity uh, yeah. crisis. Okay. This is post identity crisis. Uh, Bruce has oh. officially adopted Tim. Uh, they're Tim probably just Jackson, a little. Break Wayne. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's so sweet. He joins the four name club. Hey! Yeah. And also, this is this is basically two and a half men. 
Make it Batman. Wait a second. Are so, you saying that Tim is John Cryer? Yeah. Uh, yes, awesome. because Batman is always winning. Duh. Oh boy. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. Oh boy. It's so gross. Tell me yes. John Cryer would be an amazing Tim Drake. He wouldn't. No. Oh, no, <laughs> no. No, he would not. It would no. be amazing. You know, I can be? only see John Cryer as Lex Luthor, so it's I, I can't as, handle as the that. Ne- yes, yes. John Cryer, after being Lex Luthor's nephew and now becoming Lex Luthor itself, I was like, okay, that works. All right. Good job. Yeah, like that's the thing. That works really well. And he's a great Lex Luthor. A great Lex Luthor with a great yeah, I'm, Lex Luthor. I'm really sad that they recast him. It's, I'm pretty bummed that they, uh, but I I like the idea of Michael Cuddits playing him. Yeah, I think that'll be same. cool. He's gonna be great. He's gonna be kind of scary, Lex Luthor, which is awesome. I'm I like interested that. to see him without facial hair because I've never seen him without facial hair. I hope he keeps the facial hair. I love this trend of Lex Luthor is always having facial hair he's now. Bald, but he's got that gigantic. But he's got the bar mustache. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, so and it's red still. That'd be yeah. so sick. <laughs> so sick. And so we cut to upstairs where Damien is throwing a tantrum, shouting, why can't I get a laptop? <laughs> I just, he's so unlikable. He's so he's fucking so unlikable. unlikable. I, yeah, God, he's I such really a little like piece of shit. <laughs> he's so he's such already, a little already shit. got the giant TV. He's got a fucking, does he have a PS5? Yes. Look no. At the PS4. PS5. No. It's on top of the PS4. Look at that con- Look at that console. I think that looks like a PS4 mixed with like a GameCube. That's a PS5. He already, no. already has access to consoles 15 years in advance. But but he still can't buy name brand chips. He still got to buy fucking Kroger chips. Hey. <laughs> hey, Kroger chips are good. <laughs> and they're affordable. This is not sponsored by Kroger. <laughs> uh the, the bottom middle panel here is iconic with me and my friend group uh, because that's one of the funniest faces I've ever seen in the comic where Damien's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I see it. It's so Literally funny. sticking his tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All this food. <laughs> All this food. <laughs> it's so bad. And I uh, love this next sequence too. The <laughs> just straight up not having a good time he's just like i've been sent here against my will you can't make me do anything i don't want to do and batman just goes i am going to fucking kill you (laughs) he goes your dishonor your sense or you dishonor your sense with the loss of composure your rage is born of fear and is unbefitting in the student of the martial arts. You'll be given opportunities to prove yourself to me. Until then, boy, patience is a virtue. Yes, Dad. Eric, that was an excellent Bruce Greenwood Batman. Well, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. He's one of he, my favorites. He's my favorite. He's my all-time favorite. He's so good. Uh, and Damien just goes, yes, father. <laughs> <laughs> He shouted that boy down. It's so fucking good. And so we cut over yes! to a character with yes! a very unfortunate name. Yes! A very unfortunate it's name. So very bad. unfortunate. What a, what a, oh boy. Really what a boy. What a like context. If, if I could say, 
what a month for us to read this volume. Yeah. <laughs> <Am I right>? <laughs> <laughs> no! Yay! Yay! I didn't plan this! Yes! I didn't plan this! This wasn't intentional, I swear! Uh, so, are we? can we just agree that we're going to call him the spoop for the month? For, yes. for this volume? The spoop? Oh my god. <laughs> I was going to call him the snoop. The snoop? My... <laughs> My my favorite peanuts. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll call him the spoon. I love it when he's playing the spoon. Red so, this pool, by the way, pulling this character is so great to me. Like I, it's, I did not. Expect I mean, again, choice. Like it's a choice. Like it's so, a fucking look, deep cut. That's what I mean. Like I can't believe Grant Morrison pulled this character out from like the 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 vaults. To fucking nowhere. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> One last ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the combination of the name and his henchmen. Yes. How they're dressed. <laughs> yes. This is really bad. So good. And I have to reiterate, I did not play. I, <laughs> I made the schedule. But that was without knowing what the content of no, it Of course. Y'all. I'm what some people might call a colored fella. I uh, I 100% endorse us reading this right now. <laughs> hey, Malcolm, oh, how colored are you? <laughs> uh, if I was any more colored, I'd be called a burnt sienna. <laughs> <laughs> This is me fading out into existence now. Oh, good now. lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Ugh. God. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I really do like this villain, too, by the way. I just never thought we would ever see him again. because He yeah. kind of fucking rules. It's just, yeah. you know, a very unfortunate yeah, name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, very unfortunately dressed henchmen. And very unfortunately <laughs> yeah. dressed henchmen. Uh, but I do love this conversation between the henchmen because they talk about novelty crime. This fucking yeah. rules this because it reads very crime. much what it is. Yes, this is like the two stormtroopers talking in the Mandalorian with when they have the child. Like this is what this feels. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Lisa kid getting punched. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You ever work with a novelty crime act before? He's like, oh yeah, a ton of them. Yeah, what's it to you? I just I. I love that there's a category for it. Yeah. But this absolutely smells like a cop fishing. Yeah. And I love that the guy immediately is just like, uh, who says novelty crime acts like that? You know who says that? Fucking cops. You're a cop. (laughs) Are you a cop? I'm not a cop. Are you a cop? (laughs) Are you a fucking cop? He's like bashing. He's like the departed here all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, exactly. Where's your fucking wire? Yeah. <laughs> Batman shows up, takes out the non-cop hench, and then goes into the room where the spoop has been de- beheaded. <laughs> yep. They're just like, someone just came in and beheaded this guy. It was crazy. Okay, Morty. Cut back <laughs> to the Batcave. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, wait, we can't do that uh, anymore, We too. cut back to the Batcave. Uh, we can, just he can't. Oh, there you go. And so... Whoa. We cut back to the Batcave where uh, Robin is coming down and fucking Damian Wayne is acting like a psychopath, just flipping his uh, 
flipping his fucking katana around while to, he's listening to Sandstorm. To to be fair, he literally just watched the first like twenty minutes of X Men Origins Wolverine and was like, "Holy shit, that Deadpool thing is really cool! I need to learn how to do that." So that's what he's practicing. <laughs> I just picture it. He's like, once I learn how to put on the rave lights, you all are done. He's the fucking dean in that episode of Community. He's like, this is my school. You guys should come during the day. It's totally different. And so Tim's just like, hey, look, man. I know we got off on the wrong foot. I want to believe you're a good kid. Maybe we should. Hey, let's let's spar. Let's do that. Like, let's let's do some brotherly bonding. And Damien is just like, you know what? Fuck you. And he reaches into this bag that he's hat that he has at his feet and pulls out a fucking head with a grenade lo- like lobbed in the fucking mouth. Yeah, in his mouth. And he chucks it at. He chucks it at Robin's feet, and he's just like, all right, time to spa, and he fucking runs away. The head detonates. Robin escapes, and then Damien starts just fucking going after him. And this is a really fun and dynamic sequence where the two of them are kind of playing cat and mouse all over the Batcave. Yeah. Um, And it ends with a climactic confrontation on the head of the dinosaur, where tim is just like look dude like why are you acting like a little asshole and damien goes i believe the term is bde and backhands fucking tim off of the <laughs> dinosaur look r- real talk this fucking conversation on this page where he backhands him this is literally i swear to god dc saw this and for fucking years was like well this is clearly what has to be because this is where Damien fucking kicks Tim Drake out of the Bat family <laughs> for years yeah. and says, I'm the only person who could ever be Robin for years. Anyway. Bastard. Uh, that is juxtaposed by this gorgeous fucking splash page. Mm. Like we were talking about mm-hmm. Andy Kubert's art earlier. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. This yeah. page is gorgeous. Yeah. Also, big shout to Brian McDermott for the blimps. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying, that's right? I mean. Come on. Blimps all day. This, Blimp City, baby. I'm so happy to see some blimps in this. Blimp this City. is really Blimp like, City, this is a splash page. I need a poster of this. Yeah, this would make a great poster. There's a couple of these pages in this volume that would make a great. The, the page of Batman holding the Joker. Yes. Yeah. Would make a fucking great poster. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and so Batman lands on a roof and he's like, wait a second, how did you get out? And then we see this hooded figure who is obviously Damien. He's like, I'm not just some stupid child. I want to help you, father. Only you and I can stand against my mother. And Batman goes, where's Robin? And fucking Damien steps out wearing Jason Todd's tunic. Yep. The fucking audacity. The audacity. Jason's tunic. And I'm assuming face mask also, right? Yeah. No, because this is a, it's like a diamond face. Because it is like a diamond face, but like, where would he have gotten that? So like. He fucking made it. I guess that's fair. He's, 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 he's got, he's got a lot of time. That's fair. He does have a lot of time. 
That's true. Mm-hmm. And he goes, there's a new Robin now. And we get this last splash page of just fucking Tim. Just fucking bodied. The, absolutely bodied. Crashed through the uh, the display case. Mm-hmm. And then we come to chapter four. Last chapter of this volume. Where uh, we see the prime minister's wife watching on as the fucking hand ninjas uh, inject themselves with the uh, man bat serum and become more man bat wear ninjas. So sick. Uh, Chapter four is entitled absent fathers fathers, plural plural as uh, Batman comes to Tim's aid uh, trying to get him some medical attention and I love how Damien's just like justifying it is like he was my rival. He is those anime, like not the protagonist, but yeah, the he's, character, the rival he's, character. Yeah, he's fucking he's Gary from Pokemon. He's a yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, Sasuke. He's like he was my rival. He's not your real son. I am. It's my right to replace him. That's how that works in the Assassins League. I mean, this guys, let's be honest. This volume is pretty much just an anime. Like it is. Yeah. It's just an anime. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Down to the ninja He's man totally bats. Being... It's just an anime. Yeah. He's totally being Gary from Pokemon, yeah, just going, ha, Ash, catch him. Let's see if you can try and beat me. Fuck, that's so true. Damien <laughs> yeah, Wade is the Gary of, <laughs> of the, the DC, DC universe. universe. <laughs> You're fucking right. 100%. Oh You're right. Oh, 100%. Oh, He's the person where Tim's like, oh, I'm going to pick Charmander. Damon's like, well, then I pick Squirtle because he's your weakness. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, you later, yeah. Tim. Tim. Sorry, Tim. Fucking <laughs> like asshole. Good. He's such a dick. <laughs> I so, hate him so much. Uh, <sighs> so Bruce brings Tim to uh, get some medical attention and finds that not only did Damien bust up Tim, he did the unconscionable thing of also busting up Alfred. Mm-hmm. He yeah. jumped him. Mm-hmm. Like a thug. Him. Mm-hmm. Like, like a, a thug. thug. Yeah. Like absolutely like schoolyard bullying Alfred this entire volume. And uh, just it's. This volume does a great job in making you fucking hate Damien Wade. Oh, yeah. Like, there yep. are no redeeming oh, yeah. qualities in that character. Yep. And I kind of love that. And so they're uh, they're working on trying to uh, give Tim medical attention. And fucking Damien's just like, look, I know we got on the wrong foot, but father, I can help you. And Batman's just like, <laughs> fucking help? Are you, you fucking kidding you me? You want to help me? <laughs> yeah. I just, ugh. Such an asshole. You, Damien's just like uh, Eric. You sound like the the way you're sounding, Damien. Real quick, you remind me of like that kid that was in Game of the Thrones that was the child in Batman Begins. You know that was saved. You you kind of Joffrey, yeah, one hundred percent. Joffrey has big Damien energy. Yeah, it's definitely what all I'm hearing right now. One (laughs) hundred percent. That is Damien in this volume. That is Damien, and I'm waiting for someone to fucking hit him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That would be nice. Oh my god. That'd be quick. And so Batman 
ultimately lets Damien come with him after he gives him some intel on Talia's location. Yeah, he says, oh, well, mom and I used to play this game, Overwatch, and her favorite location <laughs> was Watchpoint Gibraltar. She so... would fucking love Watchpoint Gibraltar. Can I tell you right now, Talia is absolutely a widow main. And she's she absolutely a widow main! Gibraltar. Oh <laughs> and Damien is a Genji main. And he's a Genji main. <laughs> I need healing. <laughs> the little asshole. And they love Watchpoint Gibraltar. <laughs> they fucking love Watchpoint Gibraltar. <laughs> Gibraltar. It's fucking true. Damien's on, on Cobb's like, Mother, tell them to heal me! <laughs> <laughs> I and, have my ult ready! And then here's fucking Bruce being like, Why? What? What? Where is she? He's like, It's Gibraltar! Of course! It's Gibraltar! <laughs> <laughs> fucking awful and, and bruce is like i'm a ride main i fucking hate that map oh shit do you think he'd be a ride main really percent batman especially really? batman is a is a protector mm, shit he is a protector that's a good call mm. he's a protector he's all about angles and strategery that's a good call. Okay. Hey, listeners, someone write in for next week. Uh, what are the Overwatch mains for all the Bat family? So we have a week to prepare because I want to think about no. this. <laughs> no, no, thank you. No, we can we can pass on all that. Let's just continue on here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Let's go ahead and change that. Uh, listeners, go ahead and write in who are all the Fast and Furious characters for the Bat yes. family. Yes. Um, yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. You know and what? We'll, why not both? Why not both? Why not both? I why not both? Oh my God. This is... I, I'm feeling sick. I don't think I'm going to be here next week, so I'm sorry. I, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> don't say Cough. that. Don't say I I that. Got COVID. Oh, so man. Batman goes to the Langstrom's uh, <laughs> to get their help. And then I love this dialogue as we get like this procedural. It's five panels showing the outs outside of Wayne Manor, the Wayne grounds. And we see this like weeping angel statue, not that kind where mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this dialogue is going through. They're like, how do we reach the Mediterranean before she does father? Not even the fastest jet could. Oh, and we see the statue fold in. Lower into the ground, opens up, bats come out, and they have a fucking rocket. Yeah. And again, this uh, is this is the James Bond style where he's like, you have a rocket. And he's like, I have a lot of stuff nobody knows about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Davey's got this That's big t- fucking shitty like, grin on his face. A shitty yeah. grin, yeah. Real quick, uh, I have to admit, uh, real quick under the belt, that rocket is the most phallic thing I have ever seen in terms of any rocket. And that is including the rocket from For the Austin first Powers time this season. Me. Under the belt. Uh, yeah. Cast where uh, our co-hosts, normally hosted by uh, Malcolm Russell Nelson, but this time guest co-hosted by Jacob Brown, talks about how phallic comic books can be. Uh, like seriously, I could get a little under the belt. <laughs> uh, we we like, we skipped over it a little bit, but when uh, when Batman goes to see the Langstroms, uh, my fashion icon of the week is Francine right there. Cause she's wearing like ah, nice. uh, it, uh, it's a bathrobe. It's a bathrobe with a pantsuit underneath. So I mean, she's just wearing like pants and a bathrobe, and that's kind of super fucking sexy. So it's hot. <laughs> that's it's super hot. hot. Francine's sure. super hot, bro. She is. Kirk yeah. does not realize how lucky he has. 
She is a baddie. No. Also, not too yeah. long after this, does she start working with Batman uh, in the Batman and the Outsiders book? And that's fucking cool. Really? What? Cool. That's yeah. really cool. I love Francine. Me too. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, cool. Oh, man, that's cool. And so during this little rocket trip, Damien's asking Bruce about uh, about his dad. And uh, it's it's his attempt to try and learn more about his dad to try and bond with him. And he goes uh bruce is like i was nothing like you when i was your age and damien goes i know i know everything about you and batman goes you didn't know about the rocket i'm like god got him yeah fuck you got him shit batman is so goddamn fun in this he's so good he's so fun meanwhile in the mediterranean we see a we see an island getting fucking swarmed by man bats that is terrifying yeah it's the prospect of an invading yeah. army of man bats man bats with so like cool. fucking submachine guns it's terrifying it's so cool this is a fever dream <laughs> oh man why didn't they do this in any of the video games all the man bat shit in gotham knights is so awesome but like why didn't they do this in like every video oh, game man. ever yeah, totally. Agree. It's because, you know, <laughs> like it's because like remember like flying around and you find the man bat flying around and like what is it like Gotham Gotham uh night or whatever and 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 you just going up a or you go, yeah. you, when you're going up a ledge and all of a sudden that screech like comes in and grabs you and stuff and you're like freak out and like, I, I if yeah. that was happening every time in the city I wouldn't happened. be able I to fucking through my controller. I, yeah. I freaked out the first time to have. Yeah, that was sick. Like, I was like, whoa. I was scary as <laughs> yeah. fuck. It's man. awesome. It's good shit, man. Good shit. So Batman and Ro- Batman and uh, Damien show up, and Damien's just like, ha, look at me, mother. And it's so good. It's so good. Batman and Damien engage with Bulu, who is uh, uh, Talia's answer to Ubu. Yep. Uh, yes. Her right hand man, and they're able mm-hmm. to defeat this right hand man. Where they confront Talia, and Talia gives him a very interesting proposition. She says, "You're here because I wanted to give you one last chance, beloved. Reform me." And I think that's very interesting. She's dangling it in front of him, and I think with no plans to ever do that. No, because yeah, she yeah. knows that he won't. He won't do it. Because he can't. This is the, this is the eternity trap. Yeah. Yes, the eternity code, if you will. Oh, and, uh, ah, and so she's basically like, "I want us to be a family. Like we are going to rule the world in my father's stead." And Batman goes, "No, no, I'm not fucking doing that." And she's like, "All right, cool. Then it's war. You're responsible." And. uh I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking kill you because I'm gonna win. And she goes, Damien, would you rather stay with me or go with your father? And Damien's just like, Do I have to choose? I've had so much fun. Like it's the one time that he's a fucking kid. Yeah. He's like, I would much rather we were all together. Yeah. Like it's it's the one time he's a goddamn child. Yeah. It's mm. ugh. and so Talia's just like, you know what? I'll see you around. And she like activates this missile that is heading towards their submarine submarine explodes and our parting shot is Batman 
on the coast, looking at the wreckage of the uh, of the submarine as he pulls out the hooded cape of Damien, and apparently both Talia and Damien have perished. So we know that that is most likely not the case. No. Because this is just the beginning. I, this is the opening gambit. This I, is war. I really, I really want to play uh, like ignorant here and say, I really hope we don't, this was the last of it because if I was reading this in real time, <laughs> you're still, I would be really you're happy. Silly, I'd be really happy that Damien was gone. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it. You're so funny. <laughs> that was so funny, Jacob. <laughs> is, oh, I'm gonna play it in real time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who knows? Sayonara. Who knows? <laughs> oh, look at that! They introduced this new character. Oh, he's dead. Well, that sounds about right. That's Batman. He's dead. That's Batman. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> so, uh, gentlemen, last thoughts on uh, this volume, this introductory volume, and what was your favorite part? Let's go to Jacob first. Uh. <laughs> This was great. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say it was really. I was really scared because it's Grant Morrison because I didn't. I, I thought we were gonna get more of his fever dream acid trips in these uh, in these volumes that to come, but uh, we didn't get much of that. But we but instead get like something way better, which was the, a tribute to uh, Batman the animated series first episode on Leather's Wings. I thought that was great. The, the, I was just glad that they, they that Man Bat is like one of the first um, problems we have here in this sh- in 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 this volume, which is just like um, it was great. Didn't expect Man Bat, an army of Man Bat, Man Bats, and um, I I will say my favorite part is seeing the ghost. I'm gonna call him the ghost. That's what I'm gonna call him because that's that's there we uh, go. That was such a deep cut. Sure. Of uh, bringing out that character for like no no bit no, for just to be killed, I thought that was great. Uh, um, I don't like Damien. I really don't. I absolutely hate him. He, he's <laughs> shit. And I was really hoping when I got to this point, I was like, oh oh, this explosion. Um, let's say he's dead. Yeah, come on, let's let's be real. After that business with Tim and everything too, I didn't like that. Didn't like any of that. Don't like him hurting my boy. So, uh, so it would be good to just not deal with him for the rest of this. But I know that's not true. So we'll see what happens. But this is a great start. Um, overall, this is an incredible start to get into this. I'm so excited. Malcolm? Yeah, man. Listen, I, this is my shit. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. This is my shit. I'm pleased as punch, bro. Uh, I love I love this. I I I fuck I fucking love this story, and I love this run. This is. I remember when this came out. I I was so excited uh, to be picking up Batman monthly because uh, because I was already a fan of Gmo. I was already on their shit and. Uh, they had like the first few pages of this as preview pages in Wizard Magazine. Oh, uh, Wizard Magazine. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh shit, I can't wait to go pick that up. And I was buying this shit monthly because it was awesome. Uh, after this four issues, there's a few issues where Grant Morrison was not on Batman. And I did not pick up those issues. Like I only picked up the ones that Morrison was on because I was like, "Oh, this is this is my jam." Like, uh, yeah, this is the beginning of my favorite run on Batman. 
let's go. It's a great opening act. Hell yeah. I'm I'm with both of you. I really, really loved this. Um my favorite part is probably just the uh the art gallery stuff. I loved the use of the artwork, loved the use of just the framing, the choreography, it was all on point and it's very cinematic in that way. Really, really dug it, loved it, loved it to pieces. I can't legit like ask for a better first chapter in this run. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of establishing, like getting all the pieces on the board. You know what we're going to be playing with for the rest of this. And I'm really, really excited to uh, continue on. So it's going to be some really, really good stuff, and I'm looking forward to it. But before we talk about that, before we get into next week, uh, we've got some emails. So, uh, Malcolm, what time is it? That's uh, mail time and man bat. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> good lord. I'm so oh, happy. We Jesus need to put a disclaimer Christ. for our v- listeners present after that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Um, so our first, uh, our first email comes from a very special guest. This is uh, Dallas Taylor of the Comics Collective podcast. Hello, Dallas. Oh, hi. Why did you Why did you say it like that? I right? was yeah. afraid. I'm afraid that I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Okay. Did you open I'm a can of worms? I know what this is, but we'll see. You opened a can we'll of worms. We'll see. Uh, I did open a can of worms. Uh, he writes, "Hello, Geek Explain Book Club brethren. I am so excited to be back on the Geek Explain Book Club train. I couldn't follow along on Ultimate Spider-Man because I've never finished it. You missed out, my boy. You missed uh, out, but you, you guys are reading it now for the show, right? So you're welcome. Yeah. I, 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 I think that maybe." they're all reading it for the show i don't know we'll see we'll see maybe um he writes grant morrison's batman is my favorite run on the character and i think a large part of that is the return to the james bond globe trotting sensibilities of denny o'neill and neil adams throughout the run all that to be said what do you think of batman and the al ghouls do you like your batman to be a dark loner in the shadows a father figure to a sea of crime fighting teenagers or a super spy global bachelor let's address that question first um so me personally i love the al ghouls i love them as a as a different kind of antagonistic force to batman um they're not crazy they're eco-terrorists and it's something that we don't really uh see a lot it's the moriarty to batman's sherlock and i really really dig that i am always going to advocate for bat fam i'm always going to advocate for him having foster's home for imaginary teenage crime fighters and <laughs> I, I that's my preferred version but what do you guys think uh i'm in the same boat uh uh papa al ghul is my favorite batman villain um i i i love him i've loved him since i first saw him uh which is probably animated series with that fucking cool ass mask um uh. Yeah, which is just not a thing, and I wish it was. Uh, but yeah, I I love the Al Ghouls, and I love I love Batfam. Uh, same thing. Um, I love the idea of even if you took Damien out, I love the idea of the Al Ghouls being like the really weird, estranged part of the family, who are like the really creepy ones that come to Thanksgiving dinner and uh, <laughs> preach about like their weird, like their weird god to you almost. You know what I mean? But they're, they're the, the Adams family. 
they're the Adams yeah. family. Like they're they're yeah. fucking weird. Um, but I I love that with being eco terrorists, like it's it's my favorite brand of villain, which is a villain who's not wrong. They're just going about things the wrong way. They're absolutely not wrong. Absolutely not wrong about the humans ruining the earth, all that stuff. Like eco terrorism is not wrong. It's just that it's bad because it's terrorism. Jacob, that's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm I'm three for three in terms of the 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 Al Ghouls because of um <clears throat> I love David Warner who voiced um uh, Ra's al Ghul in, yeah. in the animated series. You know, uh, rest in peace. He just passed away last last year. Uh, he yeah, that voice is so prominent in my head to like that character that it made that character so much more interesting. Detective. Um and uh, yeah, the way it's he it, say detective. He didn't like usually say it all the way. He had like this snide way of doing it. Yeah, like it was an insult every time. And I fucking love that. Yeah, it was that great tick in between all of that, uh, the way he would say it. And um I I love the Bat family. I'm I'm for it, but I also really love more the Batman James Bond S aspect of it, mainly because like Christopher Nolan really did perfect that kind of um, realistic version of Batman being more James Bond than, than being like uh, um, the family man that he becomes the silver age family man that he becomes, you know Um, I, I do want more of that. Now Uh, the bat family Um, I've, I've advocated for more of that because we've had enough of like Batman, James Bond for like the past five other Batmans that have come onto the screen lately. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to <laughs> little, little, little differentiate a little help once in a while. Um, yeah. For mm-hmm. him. Uh, but yeah, totally agree. Uh, I, I, I agree. Like family, family is definitely more um, on the, more for me too, but man, the rocket, sure. with that rocket, man, that was just one of the funniest things. It was just like, Love Oh, he's rocket. got a rocket. Of course he does. Of course he's Batman. <laughs> he's got all kinds of things you never even heard of before. Exactly. So Dallas also writes, finally, what do you think of Grant Morrison's approach to Batman as a whole? Do you like the approach to continuity that everything happened? One answer. Yes. For me. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A thousand times. Yes. For, for Aunt Agatha. Yes, it is absolutely absolutely. True. <laughs> yeah, he uh, writes. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Da- signed, Dallas wishes he was a Geek Explained book club boy, Taylor. Uh, have to have him on sometime. Real quick, one we should absolutely have Dallas on for this season because you know loves Grant Morrison. Uh, two, I'd like to address something cool. in the room real quick before oh, okay. we continue on. Um, because I thought that this was going to be about uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, uh, which oh. I read this week. You read? Yay! I read and I finished. Yeah. Oh! So, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I don't love Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, because because uh, i have i have specific reasons uh, i have specific reasons and and i have a call to action for some of our listeners uh, um so here's the thing listeners uh specifically women who listen to the show uh i would love to hear your thoughts on supergirl woman of tomorrow uh, because I feel like Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is a book that is a Supergirl book that is written for boys to like. Interesting. I think because it's a, I mean, listen, first off, I love True Grit. 
I love True Grit, specifically the remake. I love that movie. I think it's a near perfect movie. Uh, it's given me, you know, I I have allowed uh, uh, Jeff Bridges' behavior for the last 10 years purely because I love that movie. But uh, <laughs> but I, I, I don't think that that story needed to be a True Grit story or I don't think that it needed to be a Supergirl story until the last issue. I think the last issue pays off it being a Supergirl story, but otherwise it could have been anybody else. I think that's a perfect Star Lord story. Oh, oh, I disagree. I think that's a perfect really Star Lord story, um, but I don't see a reason for it to be a Supergirl story until the last issue. I think it really pays off being a Supergirl story in the last. And I think the last issue is really great. Um, I it's funny because I always have a problem with Tom King uh, maxi series. Uh, endings. I always think that the last issue misses the mark, and this is the one that, like, I think is his best ending. I think that last issue really fucking rules. Mm-hmm. But I think that overall, that story is a story for boys for Supergirl. It doesn't feel like a story for everybody. And I want a super like super stories in general. I think are for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman, Supergirl, Superwoman, Steel, like all of them. I think they're yeah. for everybody uh, specifically. Like I, I think there's merit to. There, there's not merit, but I think there's an understanding for a Batman story being a boy story or a Nightwing story being for the girlies. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of interesting ideas behind that kind of storytelling for different stories. But I think a Supergirl story should not just be for the boys, and it felt like it was. And I think maybe it's just because it leans so hard into the Western motif. But it really, like, it just didn't feel like Kara to me. Like until the last issue, it didn't feel like a Kara story and it didn't feel like Kara at all. So I think it's really well written. I think it's a really interesting story, but it was not my jam. And so I, I thought that because I know Dallas uh, tweeted at me being like, hey, how's that reread coming? And I was like, all right, I'm going to read it before this week's episode, uh, before recording this week's episode. So I thought that that was what the email was going to be about. So well, I wanted to we'll go ahead and just a- get that out to discuss it more off mic but uh i i disagree with some of your points but i i, I, I know <laughs> i know uh we're gonna move on to the next email this one from jacob goodhart goodhart hey what's up uh he writes dear geek explained podcast this might just be the most straightforward grant morrison story i've ever read in my life and that's yeah! something. but joking aside this was a fun read seeing damon's origin i actually find it somewhat sad Despite how much of a little shit he is, and he is the littlest shit, the ending to this arc makes him almost like a child acting out to try and get his parents together. Yep. And also seeing Bruce have a more relaxed tone is kind of refreshing, but also odd considering this is the same person who basically created Bat-God, Batman, and their Justice League of America run. This week I continued my reading of Mark Wade's Flash just as the final season of the TV show of the same name premiered. It's bittersweet, while the Arrow TV series was just trying to be Batman, the Flash series genuinely liked and embraced the character. I mean, say what you will, but the fact that they made a whole Crisis on Infinite Earths event with a ton of characters and actors from various projects reprising their roles is one of the most creative things I think DC has ever done in live action. I mean, we got Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne in live action, Kingdom Come Mm -hmm. Superman, and Smallville Superman and Lois back on screen. Mm -hmm. It sort of leads into my question this week. Both the Batman comic and Flash series introduce children of their title characters to the audience and gives them big roles to play. And it's kind of sad how absolutely rare this is in comics for superheroes to have kids of their own. One of the reasons I hate One More Day is the reasoning that Joe Casada had for making it was to have classic Spider-Man stories from back in the day, like love triangles and such. I understand the appeal of plots like that. However, I didn't understand why you couldn't just have that happen to Peter and MJ's child like they already did with Mayday and MC2. 
Now, while I think that logic works in that scenario, I also think you can't always do that. For instance, in the Son of Kal-El Superman run, I love seeing John step up into the role while his dad is off the table. But aside from this romantic subplot with Jay, there's nothing that he's doing that his father couldn't do. And it doesn't even need to be people who are related to each other. Miles Morales, for instance. When Bendis was writing him, it honestly felt like more of the same to me for a while with him just dealing with the same stuff that Peter would when he was alive. And when he crossed over into our universe, Peter was an Iron Man ripoff, so Miles doing the regular Spider-Man duties made him feel different from that version of Peter. I guess my question can best be summarized as do you think it's dangerous to have too many characters in the same family? Because that's how you can easily get redundancy. Best wishes, Jacob Goodhart. Um, I, I don't. I think it depends on how those characters are treated and it uh, for me, it always comes down to what the characters beliefs are more than what they can do. So that's my, that's my view on it. You can have a bunch of characters who do the same stuff, but if their beliefs, their backstory and their viewpoints are different, it still allows for a lot of unique storytelling to be told. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I think it's on the writers uh, or the creators in general, to be honest. Um, as far as, you know, it's I think a, a big problem that I have with Miles being in the 616 is that, you know, after after Peter's big, you know, I'm the new Tony Stark of it all uh, failed and he went back to being just kind of a Spider-Man. Then Miles took a backseat because they were characterizing them the same way. And all the writers who were writing Miles were characterizing them the same way. So I think yeah. that that's the problem. I think it, it falls to the creators to make these characters different, to make them feel different, even if they are the same archetype. Even if I mean, if you look at the two Captain America books right now, you look at Symbol of Truth from Tochi Yonobuchi and uh, 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 Sentinel of Liberty from... Uh, Kelly and Lanzig, you know, like those are two Captain America books, but they're two entirely different titles. They're two entirely different feels and they're both appropriate for the type of character that is starring in them. Um, But they're both Captain America books. And that's, that's how Miles and Spider-Man, like Miles and Peter, I should say, should be, or that's how, you know, uh, two flash books should be, you know, you look at the flash run uh, by, Williamson, which is all Barry stuff. And then you look at the flash run by Jeremy Adams, which is all Wally stuff, entirely different fields, but they're both the flash, Totally, you know, like there's ways to do it. So it it comes down to the creators. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah. Our next uh, email comes from Marcel Hines. Marcel from Marcel. Marcel. Uh, He writes, hello, Gotham Knights. Love that. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Hope all has been well. I've decided to finally take a break from playing Fire Emblem Engage in order to write a letter since it's been a couple of weeks. Grant Morrison's Batman is an interesting choice, but not one I'm opposed to. I've read pieces of the run here and there, but never the whole thing in its entirety. So it will be very interesting to see how you all string this very wild tapestry together. My question this week is a simple one, and is somewhat topical in regards to Quantumania coming out next week. Why is Eric O'Grady the best Ant-Man? Whoa! Uh, Hot take, Marcel. Hot take, Marcel. The best hot take. That is a fun take. That is a fun take. Eric O'Grady, irredeemable Ant. Eric O'Grady. I miss that character a lot. (laughs) Me too. He is. I fucking love that character. But also, really fun. He's super fun because he's the worst. Yeah. And Ant-Man, yes. Ant-Man's powers do lend you to be pretty pervy. 
Like, yes, they do. <laughs> I, I alluded to it in this week's uh, Wednesday episode, just talking about all the bad shit that Eric O'Grady did in his yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. I, I stand by what I said on Twitter. Eric O'Grady and Guy Gardner are the same person. I completely agree. Uh, I completely agree with that. Wow. That is, that's that is a correct take. That's funny. That's really funny. You know why? Because um, they're both scumbums. <laughs> yeah, both I could see that. But I love that. That's that that costume for Eric O'Grady's Ant Man is like my favorite one. It's my favorite Ant Man. That costume does rule objectively. Yeah. It might be my favorite Ant Man costume. Uh, my it favorite Ant Man. I re- I really yeah. love the the Zayn Asgar. That's the thing. I really love that future Ant Man costume so Ant-Man much. Costume. That's so sick. I'm so excited. Really We're getting. They dropped that news legit the same day. The same day. That's so awesome. <laughs> that I, I, I was like, I can't yeah, believe yeah, this. Yeah. Jesus. Again, Geekstradamus strikes again. Holy Geekstradamus shit. strikes again. Uh, so our next email comes from good brother Adam Stringfellow. Always good to hear from him. Stringfellow. Hey, buddy. Uh, he writes, hey, Enforcers. How, how's y'all's week going so far? To answer how I'm doing from last week, I'm doing all right for the most part. Still stressed out as fuck about separating from the Air Force this fall. But beyond that, I'm doing okay these days. Hey, man. Again. Hey, so congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Exactly. Uh, he says, for my question this week, I wanted to ask y'all this. How old do you think the members of the Justice League are? Here's what I think of when I think of their ages. Uh, he lists them. They're mostly in their mid-30s to mid-40s, which I respect. Yeah. Um, he does have Kyle at 26, uh, yeah. which I, right. I am into, even though that means I'm older than Kyle right here. Uh, <laughs> as well. plenty younger. Uh, that's he that's has fine. Wally... Wally's at twenty nine. Ooh, that's um, and Zatanna's at twenty more than I thought. Okay, I, I like he has, pla- he has Plastic Man at ninety, but looks like he's in his early thirties. Which I kind of <laughs> did. That's actually really fucking rad. That's, really funny. <laughs> that's so kind of amazing. That, that and then he wraps works. it all up with Hawkman. Who cares? It's worthless ass Hawkman. That's yeah, that's, that is an accurate take. <laughs> Um, I'd uh, love to hear y'all's opinions on this and I'll catch you next week enforcers all the best and much more Adam uh, real quick I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out just for expediency and just for time because um, J- Jacob has a hard out today uh, I'm going to throw you a random yeah. name on this list you give me their age okay uh, Jacob okay. Barry Allen uh, 38 oh interesting interesting uh, Malcolm Aquaman uh 40 38 to 40 interesting uh <laughs> i am going to pick uh green arrow who i perpetually see as 35 okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay i could see that okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh-huh. uh th- those are ours um and then of course because it is a string fellow joint we do get a ps hell yeah right Hot take of the week. Wally West is a much better and more respected Peter Parker than Peter could ever be. And as a massive Spider-Man fan, I will die on that hill. Hey, you know what? That's a pretty, that's a pretty fun take. He certainly has the life that Peter wishes he had. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the, he's doing the Peter Parker dream. That's a good take. That is a good take. Good good take. Uh, Malcolm already gave us his hot take of the week with the Al Ghouls. The Al Ghouls are right. Jacob, hot take of the week. And the Supergirl Wonder Woman. And the, su- and the Supergirl, Supergirl Woman Supergirl of Tomorrow Woman. thing. <laughs> yeah, that's hot. Take. Jacob, hot take of the week. Hot take of the week. Uh, uh, the 
God, I can't remember his name. There's this bald guy from from American Horror Story, and uh, he's from the Drew. He plays Drew Carey's brother in the Drew Carey Show back in the day. Uh, he 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 was a trans. He, okay. he played his brother being a transvestite. That actor uh is incredible because i just saw him in an episode in the walking dead and i didn't realize he was in that show and um he plays like this psychiatrist yeah i can't remember his name but but this um, is your hot take this is my hot take is like that man is has been through like since drew carey show i never would expect that man to have like such a prolific like acting career ever since then and in and it's incredible I, i i i love him i love that guy he's really cool i can't remember his name if you find his name nice yeah, yeah. There you go. That popped in my head. Nice. John nice. Carroll Lynch. There you go. Yeah. John Carroll Lynch. John <laughs> Carroll Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. I know this face. Yeah. Yes. You've seen him in a lot of stuff. Okay. Hot take of the week. Uh, Damien probably should have died here. So yes. Oh, my God. I should have said that. Last. Yes. Absolutely. Agree. Not a, <laughs> hey, not a hot take. <laughs> to the last email. Our last email comes from Matt Draper, my mortal enemy, the best bout machine, the best video machine. Matt's back. The drapes. Lock the doors and draw the drapes. Draw the drapes. It's draping time, baby. (laughs) It's draping time. Uh, He writes, ahoy, ahoy, book clubists. Morrison's Batman and Son left a huge impression on me when I first read it and became the start to my favorite Batman story ever. In the years since, I've seen their decision to make the 1987 graphic novel by Mike W. Barr and Jerry Bingham, Son of the Demon, suddenly in continuity a controversial choice because it makes Talia into a huge villain that took advantage of Bruce. However, I feel that turning Batman into a father is a massive step forward in his maturity as a character. The stories to come challenge his shortcomings as a parent. No spoilers, but Batman is a cautionary example. Regarding their approach to Batman's canon, Morrison said, Eric, please do your best Morrison impression here. Fuck. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. God. Uh, Scottish. 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 Okay, fuck. I became fascinated by the idea that every Batman story was in some way true and biographical, from the savage, young, pulp flavored, weird figure of the dark of his early years, to the smiling, paternal figure of the 1940s and the proto psychedelic crusader of the 50s, the superhero detective of the 60s, the cherry hested, globe trotting adventurer of the 70s, to the brutal physical vigilante of the 80s and snarling, paranoid soldier of the 90s. By taking his entire publishing history as the story of his life, I was able to approach Batman from a different angle and the multifaceted character that was revealed became the subject of my story. Matt, you son of a bitch. It was well done. Well played. Well played. Thank you. That's, I like doing that accent, but it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, well, writes, one of the challenges of this approach is not just for Morrison as a writer to keep these all intention within action or within canon, but for the reader to accept this often contradictory reality. My questions to you are, while this is still early in the run, do you like this everything happened approach? I think we all said before. Yes, we do. Uh, next question. Is Damien too much of a little shit to like? For me personally, yes. In this this point of the story, yes. In this point of the story, yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. He writes, do you think the growing trend of giving your long-running hero a kid for the sake of maturity, Wally West, Superman, Wolverine, I'm sure Daredevil has a few running around that he doesn't know about, 
uh, is a good decision? Or is it showing cracks and being overused? I personally like families. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and I respect the uh, family dynamic of superheroes more than I probably did when I was younger. I don't think it's overused yet. I could see how it could be, but I don't think it's overused as of present. What do you guys think? I'm in the same boat. In fact, I think it's underused. Um, I think it could be used to better effect. Right. Mark me as a third, because that's definitely true True to me, uh, is that there needs to be more of a like a family approach rather than this lone gunman approach with all these superheroes, you know? Yeah. But a fa- I, I think we need to clarify a family and not a team. Correct. Because I'm yeah, tired of the team that. dynamic thing. Off out the wazoo. Yeah. And not families. Yeah. That, that is a great distinction. So great I would like to distinguish that. Screw the team thing. Get rid of that. That fucking sucks. <laughs> Make a family. Uh, he writes, in any case you find... Matt... He writes, in any case, you find yourself and the beginning at the beginning and the end of the Ouroboros. The snake eating its tail and the hole in things formed within. Totally not a circle. Matt Draper. Matt, you're my hero. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> I'm going I'm to hug you. I'm going to hug you. He signs off. Cyclically yours, Matt Draper. Hooray. I love it. My eternal enemy. The 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 main event heel of my life is Matt Draper. <laughs> Y'all, we can open up the drapes now. We can open, open them up. Open up the drapes. We can open them up. We've done it. <laughs> but yes, so that was the uh, book club mailbag. If you would like to be part of the book club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put back club mailbag in the subject header, and we will read it here on the book club Friday show. But that does it for this week. Next week, we are continuing on with part two of Batman and Son. This is going to be issue 663 through 666. So buckle up. It's about to get weird. Um, The synopsis goes like this. Mysterious Batman imposters begin to appear on the streets of Gotham. One of these imposters begins to kill cops, working his way towards police commissioner Jim Gordon. But after failing in his pursuit and being captured, Batman falls into a coma and his mind flashes back to a defining adventure in in the life of young Bruce Wayne, the hunt for his parents' killer. That sounds very interesting. Uh, We might find out who the Batman was who shot Joker in the face. So uh, stay tuned for that next week. Again, that is going to be issue 663 through 666. Uh, Batman 666. It's going to get weird. I was going to say, if you guys haven't read Batman 666 before, I have prepare yourself. I've never read it. Prepare yourself. I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be weird. It's one hell of a time. So tune in for that next week. Uh, Same bat time, same bat channel. Be there or be square, not a circle. But for the Geeksplained Book Club, I have been Eric Azana. I was Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I was Jacob Brown? Question marks abound. Uh, Take care, stay safe, and we will see you next time.
side, back where the others lie. Fears I get over.